This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Jen. Hey, Em. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good today. Although it's funny, we talked about, you know, we both record this. People know that. I don't know why I feel like I need to say it, but I am just thinking about that last week, every appliance in your house broke. And we talked about that in another episode, but it's funny because you're like, I'm doing great, but you were not last week. Okay. Also, I forgot to mention that Last night, my shade fell too. <laughs> Which like, shade? My hat, one one of the ones downstairs. But I was just the, the ones that you it. like got. No, put it, no oh no, they no. came originally. All right, yeah. You know, it's just my house is just it's it's falling apart. It's pissed. I don't know what's going what on. What year the house. was your house built? Probably like eighteen hundreds. <laughs> I don't know. It well, it there's not record. The, the records don't go back as far as my house was built. Okay, my my house was built in 1984, so exactly. there's a bit Mine, of a difference of a why you older. have some issues and I don't. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, my house is just like, I'm pissed to be alive still, <laughs> and I'm like, get it together. <laughs> I'm like doing cosmetic surgery on my house, <laughs> giving it facelifts. <laughs> but well, inside, maybe it it's like, like I'm just, that. yeah, it's pissed. Yeah, it's probably really pissed about that. It doesn't want you to keep making it look different. I know. Well... Yeah, I'll have a talk with it. You're not ho- you're not uh, haunted by ghosts. You're just haunted by the house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am haunted by ghosts and I don't know it. I feel like you would kind of know, no? What do you I always have this conversation with my husband. I always, I mean one time. What <laughs> What is scarier for you, ghosts or murderers? Murderers. <laughs> Same. He's, what? He's a, he said ghosts. How is that even a question? A I real agree. murderer is way scarier what than the hell somebody is going to do. That somebody mm-hmm. I think might need some love and support from the other side. Exactly, I completely agree. He's scared, more scared of ghosts. But when I lived at the, the when I lived probably eleven years ago, remember I lived at the River Loft. Yes, that place every was t- so, every time I pass it, I say, "Yeah, I used to live there." <laughs> that place haunted. was so fucking haunted. Really? It was like an old clothing factory and there definitely was mistreatment of people. And like I had so many different things that happened that like after my one year lease, I was like, I have got to go because people were not happy. The people who were making the clothes. Yes. I'm sure they were very mistreated. Right. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) They were pissed. They thought it was you. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm just going to leave. This is your house, not mine. Great choice. If you still live there, we would live so close to each other. I know. I'm sorry, babe. That's okay. Well, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll we'll be okay out. with it. All right. Well, I don't know how to leeway into this one, but today's episode is about being right and why it's so damn hard to let this go. Yeah. And we, you know, we got some good questions for this one, too. We got some great questions. So, Jen, what's your relationship with being right? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but and maybe I'm I'm not. I don't I don't feel this strongly. Yeah. About like needing to be right 
Except maybe, maybe in certain situations, yes. You're married. In my relationship. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because yes. I am. <laughs> like that's the only place I've seen you like that you need to be right. Yeah. That's so true. Right? I just yeah. never never seen it anywhere else with you. No. Yeah, I think that probably is the harder place. I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that probably is the harder place. What about you? Okay, so I feel like I don't really care about being right, but when I am right, I really like it to be loud. <laughs> like, I'm really good about being like, oh, I was incorrect. Like, I'm good at apologizing. I'm good at pulling yeah. back. But when I am right about something, specifically if somebody doubted me, or like it was like something I kind of had to like fight for. Okay. There was a few months ago. Remember I had this issue with somebody who does something for the business and they kept being like, oh, it should be working. It should be working. And I was like, I'm on this online system. It is not working. I'm telling oh, you not working. Exactly. Yes. And I was like, you guys need to zoom. You need to do something. And then it turns out they fucked something up on their side and they weren't right. right. And I was like, I knew I was right. <laughs> And I knew it, and I ran. I was like a freaking animal about it, and it was because I felt so unlistened to. Like I felt like I was really advocating for myself that it was right. I don't always do that, and so I think sometimes when I am right and I've been doubted, that I'm like, "Told you so." Is yes. it like a "told you so" moment? Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's only if I like felt like I wasn't being listened to or heard. Yeah, that's so, what mine is. So I right and and I'm still I I feel like it's similar for me. I'm digging into mine internally. That yeah, it's it's I think the need to feel seen and mm -hmm. feel heard is probably really important. But the thing that we love to say as couples therapists, this is coming up in your relationship is do you want to be right or do you want to be close? And that is something we're going to, we're going to dig into today. And it's not just close in your relationship, in your romantic relationships. It's close in any relationship. So, but listen to this. All right. So here is going to make us doubt how we feel as couples therapists. There was this great Reddit thread. <laughs> so into Reddit. This on Reddit, you know, like Amaya the Asshole or I don't, it wasn't even on Amaya the Asshole. It was on some other one. And There's it was a Reddit thread called called am i the asshole oh my god yes it's amazing you've never read it no read it no okay <laughs> whoa is that where is the that? fucking it's... that's where the name comes from isn't it god fuck you know talk about not talk about if you need to be right sometimes i'm like i'm just a freaking dodo head <laughs> we just had an aha moment okay so there's this really good thing and somebody was talking about it was a wife and a husband at a zoo and the wife was like, oh, it's a uh, buffalo. I can't remember if it's buffalo or bison, whatever. She was like, oh, it's a buffalo exhibit. And he's like, no, those are bison. And she's like, no, it's buffalo. And he's like, no, those are bison. And like, they were buffalo. Like, they had like a fucking sign or some shit. And um, I'm not saying this exactly right. So just go with yeah, me, everyone. I'm barren with you. Um, and so the the husband like stomps away like a fucking dick and somebody like and she and then the woman like someone else who was like witnessing this like goes up to the woman and was like that's a buffalo you're right oh no oh no this is what it is an older guy walks up to her and says do you want to be right or do you want to be happy and so then another bystander says excuse me she was right her partner was choosing to not hear her and completely patronize her and so 
all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, we've been saying this thing. And like, there are times it's not accurate. And also, so I. <laughs> also, everything that's going through my head right now is like how <laughs> intrusive these random people are. It's, it's Why a good stepping into this couple's. Would well, you, you know, ever do that? Would you walk up to someone? If and say, I saw <laughs> someone being emotionally abused by their partner in public, yes, I, it's me, so I probably would say something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and but I wouldn't say something. I would probably say something along the lines of like, "Hey, are you okay? Right, right." But you wouldn't say, "Listen, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna insert no, no, myself no, into what's just insane thing to do." But I mean, also, you know, how... like, sometimes you read a story online, you're like, "Is this all made up?" Yeah, <laughs> it might all be made up. <laughs> were they like how loud were they you know i try to listen in on people's conversations sometimes when i'm like lt it's hard to hear people i don't know why are two adult people by themselves at the zoo i don't know the situation okay <laughs> i will find it i will have nikki put it on Instagram. what were the what were the buffalo saying <laughs> buffalo. i don't know were they buffalo or bison nobody knows <laughs> but you fucking stay on task wait what i'm saying is that there are times when somebody does not hear you because they treat you poorly. Yes. And then you can decide it's not about being right or being close. It's about does somebody treat me with respect. That's where I'm going with that. Okay. So here's my spinoff to that. Um, I don't know if spinoff's the right. <laughs> by the third, by the third bulk recording, we are no longer functioning, by the way. So what I want to say to that is to figure that out, right? Like what's underneath that? Is this a pattern in your relationship specifically or is this a pattern in all of your relationships, right? Oh, good question. So that's what I would ask you is, is this something like, are you really needing to feel heard in your yeah. specific relationship? Or is that something that spans across all relationships? Because it will give you a sense of, is your partner really not hearing you over and mm -hmm. over and over again? And you are yearning for them to see you and for them to hear you. Um, or is it just a pattern that's happening in all of your relationships? And is that something that's coming from a deeper wound? Yeah. Yeah. That might be a bigger question. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash chicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrink chicks. Well, so that brings us to this wonderful question we'll start with, which is why is it easier to let arguments go with some people and not others? <laughs> what relationships have I felt hurt in? Right? What relationships? And one of the reasons why, you know, we talked about this with another episode that we'd done about like fear and resistance. And I said, like, oh, one person I don't fight with is you. Jen, and one of those is because of like our relationship. The same reason, like, why I like wouldn't particularly care about being right with you, is because I feel like there's enough emotional safety and enough like intimacy in our relationship that like it just simply wouldn't matter to me. Yeah, and because I know that you wouldn't be shutting me down without some good fucking reason, yeah. and like not right. Does that make sense? So I think that there's part of it is like, what's the emotional safety? What's the history? Yeah, what's what we call it? like what's the backlog damage? in the relationship and why is it prevalent and also say in our relationship too like we very much i very much feel like we're on the same team right like no matter what even if we have differences of opinion Mm -hmm. in something which we do a lot which we do a lot we know that our goal is the same and for the most part like our goal our overall goal is the same and i think that that happens you know in our romantic relationships as we get off of the same team right we end up fighting against each other and like because there's so much going on that when we feel like we're up against each other over and over and over again it can be easier to kind of hold say i need to hold my ground and i need to be right because we're against each other as opposed yeah. to like working together. Yeah. And in our relationship, I always feel like we're working together, even mm-hmm. if we have differences of opinion. Yeah. And it doesn't always feel like that with lots of relationships, right? Yeah. Especially relationships where there's a significant amount of like backlogs, damage, or history where I don't feel that you see me as a peer. You know, people have this all with their parents, right? I feel you infantilize me. I feel like you talk down to me. I don't feel like you see me as an adult, even though I am one now. And so it's like, I need to prove to you all the time that I'm a grown up. Right. Right. And so this idea of proving yourself, right, as opposed to, and and I think that that is a perfect example in that, like, sometimes parents have a difficulty transitioning from uh, I am in the parent role to like, this is a peer role, right? Yeah. I'm still your parent, but I'm, this is a peer and I can see mm-hmm. you as an adult. Um, and if you have for so long 
gotten used to holding your ground and trying to prove to your parent that you are an adult and they continue to stay in that role, then you're going to continue to do that as an adult too, right? I need to continue to prove. I need to continue to prove I'm right and prove myself because they also haven't transitioned. And so the question is, even if they don't transition into that place where they can see you as an adult, do you still have to continue to defend yourself and Mm -hmm. prove that you're an adult to them? Yeah. Just because they haven't transitioned. Or is it something you could say, listen, just because they're having a tough time with that doesn't mean I have to continue to try to prove myself. Yeah. I know I'm an adult. I know I know what I'm doing, um, whether or not they can see that. And so I think building on your own um, self-esteem there and sense of self in certain situations can also help with this need to like prove yourself. Yeah. So where could this stubbornness come from? <laughs> We're like almost <laughs> answering the question before we say it. <laughs> the, right. So I think you just said it perfectly, right? It's like, where does this need come from? Yeah. Right. So like, what is stubbornness really about? Why do you feel like you need it? Right. I see stubbornness also as a form of resistance of like, I can't let this go. Right. And there's a reason for that, right? Like typically, like we're not stubborn just to be stubborn, but it's like, what will happen to me? And like a lot of times that's ego. Yeah. We got to drop the ego. You got to drop the fucking ego, right? One of the things I love they do when you are in the psychedelic community is like they talk a lot about like an ego death, right? That like you have this experience, you're like, oh, that, that was like an ego death. Like that really brought me back down to see stuff. And I think that that is an important thing for us to think about with all relationships. Like what is my ego involved with here? And is my ego being involved? Is it helping me at all or is it hurting me? Right. To like always assess, is this something that's really helping me? Yeah. And I would also say, and this is something, you know, we continue to mention is like what's underneath that stubbornness and like you holding on to it. Is it that you need to feel heard? Is it you need to feel seen? And is there another way that you can look for that or talk about that in a more vulnerable way than holding your ground in this need to be right so right because you kind of take it from this place of self-protection and defensiveness and keeping yourself on separate teams to how can i more vulnerably be able to ask for my needs to be met Mm -hmm. or find other ways for those needs to be met because i think trying to be right is a way in which we try to get those needs met but end up pushing our partners further away yeah yeah i love this question for me being wrong makes me worry people won't come to me for help in other areas where did you learn that from yeah I'm so sorry it feels that way. I'm so sorry that there is not enough safety um, and understanding for you there to be space to be wrong. Most of us are wrong all the time. Lots of different things. And that doesn't mean that we are not lovable and that we are not in need and that we do not need people. And I'm wondering where you got that from. Also would be curious as to why is it important for you for people to come to you for help in other areas? Mm. What does it mean to you when people come to you for help? Does that the validation that you need to feel smart, to feel valuable in some way? And without people coming to you for help, do you still have that? Because then 
your self-worth and your ability to feel valuable and smart, intelligent, useful depends on other people. And therefore, that will always be out of your control. Yeah. So I would also want to know the meaning of, like, what meaning you make of other people coming to you for help. I think it's interesting, right? If we're talking about our job, let's say I'm a lawyer and I give you really bad legal advice. Well, maybe they're not going to come to you again as a client, right? If we're talking about friends and they come to you advice, one, do we understand the difference between providing care, love, and holding space versus giving advice, right? Because when we are giving advice to other people, I think that it is a, it's a lot of pressure. It's a high expectation thing, right? Like to give someone advice about their life in some way, it does. As opposed to like, can I hold space for somebody and meet them where they're at? That is actually like weirdly enough, like a little bit like lower stakes, but it's harder for us to do. Yeah. But it also teaches people to put it back on them. I also think, and then you can ask yourself the question, ask the question in those relationships, like, do you, are you looking for advice or you just want to? You know, is this something you just want to talk about? Do you just want me to hold space for this? Mm -hmm. And I think for our ability to ask that in our relationships can also take some of that pressure off. Yeah. Yep. So how do I navigate it with your partner? (laughs) (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. Everyone has to hear everything 50 times before it actually goes in your brain. Remember that. If you listen to this and you're like, I've heard this before. It takes uh, like anyone saying shit like 10 times to fully get it. And in like a bunch of different ways. Yes. Um, so here's where I would say, get underneath your need to be right. Where is that coming from for you? Is it something specifically that's happening in your relationship and not in other relationships? And does it give you information about an unmet need in your relationship? Is it that you don't feel heard or you don't feel seen or you don't feel acknowledged? And when you get down to what's the deeper meaning of it, then I want you to look at what are some other ways that I can share this with my partner? Because in holding on to this need to be right, you may be pushing your partner farther away and further creating an experience where you those needs are not being met. So get underneath that need to be right, that need to hold on to that stance and figure out what that is for you so that you can find ways to communicate that differently and find ways to get those needs met. Yeah. Yeah. Set it again. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I 
I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. I love this one. Once again, always needs to be right in conversations or debates with my significant other. How do I learn to listen and not disregard? I think it's really hard so one of the things we got to talk about is that, like, let's say you're in a conversation with someone and they're saying something that's not factual or is from a privileged position. So it's hard to then sit there and listen. And I don't think you need to. You're allowed to, like, be like, actually, that's like not you can hear somebody out and then say, like, oh, I have to let you like that's actually not correct information. Here is the information around it. Here's the research around it. Here's the fact based part. The other thing we have to talk about is that if people want to believe a certain thing, they're simply just going to believe it. And the conversation doesn't matter. So in some relationships, there are topics that we don't talk about and there's no point, right? I think over the past, how long ago was 2016? Um, Yikes, a really long time ago now, right? The past seven years, lots of people have come to terms with like, you know what? I have really different beliefs than other members of my family. So we're not going to talk about this to re- have um, a relationship. And so that might not work with your significant other, but there's people that it does work for their marriages. And we're not going to place any judgment on anyone else and how they handle their marriage. But 
Is there safety in the conversation? Is there listening on both parties? And why do I feel so passionate about that? Does this affect me in my life in a different way than the other person? Well, then maybe I don't have space to just listen to them and their opinion when it doesn't actually affect them. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to. I was going to add more, but you really, you summed it up in a lot of ways. And, you know, this, I think too, this idea of being able to say, we have different opinions about this and we can put this down. And I think there's this idea in the debate, right? Like I need to convince this other person And you might just have different ideas Mm -hmm. and opinions about things. And so what are the things you can put on the shelf and say, we're going to put this down for now because we're not getting anywhere. This isn't taking us anywhere and move forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. What about with mistakes at work? So hard to admit to my manager that I was wrong. Ooh, especially if there's some type of consequence if you're wrong, right? Like. And that's like also remember that like holding wages is illegal. So but like I've heard people say this before, like, oh, if I mess something up in some way that I it's taken out of my pay, there's like a lot of different stuff, right? So is there actual safety in your workplace to admit that you're wrong? Because a lot of people do not have that, that there is like some passive aggressive punishment, consequence, something if you are wrong. So first, we're not gonna admit that we're wrong, or at least want to or feel comfortable admitting if there is not emotional safety, just like with children. Children learn to lie because they're not dumb and they know that there's a consequence coming if they don't. Smart. Right? Children are very, very smart. But then if you also are like, oh, man, I've lied ever since I was a little kid. Well, why? where do you think you got that from? What did lying do for you? Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Is that's what we talk about is like a pro-social lie. Like it ends up helping everyone, right? So if um, Sally at the cubicle next to me messes something up and then my boss comes to me, am I going to throw Sally under the bus because I know there's consequences? Most likely not, unless I'm trying to protect myself. But that would be like a pro-social lie. Like, is it helping the community? Is it helping their relationship? And so I think you have to think about, like, does does my mistake actually matter at work? Yeah. (laughs) What's the consequences here and what's going to happen? And are there, you know, sometimes we also bring the consequences that maybe we got at a different job into new jobs. Yes. It's almost like being in past relationships that maybe were unhealthy or someone cheated and we bring those wounds into a new relationship. Um, and so it, it goes the same for jobs too, right? If you had a difficult time at your past job, if your manager was very reactive, if you did something wrong, if there was no emotional safety and you eventually get into a new job and you're bringing that same kind of narrative into your new job and maybe it isn't fitting with with how that job is um but you're still reacting in the same way so that's what i would say is like is this is this is it true that there is no emotional safety or is it coming from past experiences where there wasn't emotional safety Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do you admit that you're wrong while also staying confident it's me Highly confident, often wrong. (laughs) I think you, one, you have to like, you have to detach the idea that being right gives you something, right? Like people are wrong all the fucking time. I am wrong all the time about lots of different stuff. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with being wrong and saying, I just simply don't know, 
right? Like a really powerful thing to say, especially when you feel confident and secure in yourself is to say, I actually don't know the answer to that. I'll have to get back to you. Exactly. I think part of confidence is being able to admit when you're wrong. Part of confidence is knowing when you know something and knowing when you don't know something. Yeah. And I think that when we're not confident, that's sometimes when we hold on too much to I have to know everything to Mm -hmm. prove that I'm confident in this. But when you feel confident and secure in something, you're able to say, I know this and I don't know this. Yeah. Right. I can feel good about the fact that I know this and I can read more. I can understand this differently. I can admit that. Maybe I don't know this one thing. So I think that admitting that you're wrong um, or admitting that you don't know something is part of confidence. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a time where I was like very wrong about something. I mean, there's got to be so many. And I wish that I had thought about it beforehand. Yeah. Tell me what you tell me an example of me being wrong. No, no, that's not what I was going to say. The thing that I was going to say is it, I wonder if it's hard to remember it because you don't hold on to yeah, being wrong. I don't have embarrassment around it. Right. There's not embarrassment around being wrong. And the things that we remember the most are the things that have the strongest emotion around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... So I think that that's probably a piece of it is that like these and here's the thing we're wrong all the time. Yes. We just we just talked about this in in fear and resistance too like in business we make wrong decisions all the time. We sometimes make right ones but yes. we, sometimes we make some wrong ones. Uh, we made lot plenty of bad decisions frankly. <laughs> We've always said this to each other that one of the most wonderful things about being in business with another person is that we're always checking each other's egos. Yes. We can always, and we always have to admit to each other when we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Were we saying something where like we were to each other saying, I told you so to the other one for a while? Yeah, I can't remember what it was about, but we had like, we had a really funny thing that like, we both were spiraling over something a few weeks ago. We were like, oh, I have to tell this story. We're on our way to a networking event. We both had a very difficult week. We were feeling overwhelmed. We were feeling stressed. We had this big thing coming up we had to deal with. And um, I get to the business. I get to everything 35 minutes early. (laughs) Jen gets everything five minutes early. (laughs) We are early in everything. So I'm sitting. I'm like, I, 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 it's also like at a small event, right? So I like don't want to go to the parking lot. I like park a few blocks away so I can be there early. I'm on the phone. We're spiraling on this thing. We are being horrible to one another. Not like in a fight, but like we are not helping the situation. Like we yeah, are both, we were spiraling it's like together. You're, usually, yes. usually we can pull or, pull each other. We out. were not. We were both just going down the rabbit hole. Yes. And so uh, Jen gets two minutes away. She pulls in. She goes, "Yeah, we can't do this today." <laughs> she was like, "We cannot go to this." <laughs> This is not good for us. Nope. And I'm like, yeah, the let's right get, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. We left. We got some other stuff done that we needed to do. We went and hung out with a bunch of our clinicians um, in the office that really felt very good and fulfilling. But sometimes to be like, this is not helpful. This is wrong that we're thinking like this. This is not going to work out for us. Um, it's really important to have someone or yourself to be able to pull you out of it. Yeah. And we could have very easily been like, no, we made this decision. We drove here. We're going to this, right? And I think we have we have developed that ability by there being two of us to be able to say, this was a good decision and this was not a good decision. And that here's the thing. If you allow yourself to acknowledge those things, it allows you to pivot quicker. If you hold on too strongly to I need to be right and I need to hold it, 
you're no longer pivoting and no longer recognizing when you make a decision that isn't helpful. And so allowing yourself to recognize when you've made choices that are not helpful also allows you to pivot quicker. Why are you smiling? Because I just had the hiccups and you now if you watch the YouTube, you're going to watch me get the hiccups and try to pull it back down. Are they still there? <laughs> I think that they're okay. I can scare you. Okay. I really like this one and I want to end on this one. Somebody said, I don't even care to be right. I just don't want my right to have an opinion be taken away. That is fucking valid. You deserve a voice. You deserve to be heard, right? What my couples therapist says to us is everyone gets a voice, not everyone gets their way. Everyone gets a voice, not everyone gets their way. That's what matters. Dear Em and Jen. Dear Em and Jen. I have a debilitating fear of heights and have never been on an airplane because of it. My partner of about one year planned a trip for us this summer that requires a flight. I know he's trying to help me get over my fear so I can enjoy traveling, but I can't help but want to prove him wrong. Basically, I want him to understand the depth of my fear. And I feel like the only way I can do that is by resisting going on the trip. Advice? Thank you so much. Talk about needing to be right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what this tells me is underneath that needing to hold on to this is this person really wants to be heard and be believed and understood. And so it sounds like two separate things are happening here, right? There's a fear of heights, right? That's something that you can choose to work through. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, I am not heard, not acknowledged, and not validated. Yes. And so like we were talking about earlier, are there other ways that you can get those needs met in the relationship? Because I wonder, is this something you want to tackle, right? Separate from your partner, do you want to go on trips? Do you want to tackle your fear of heights? Um, is this something that you want to work on separate from your partner? Because if it's connected to this need to be heard and understood by your partner, then you don't get agency or autonomy over figuring that fear out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so can you decouple the two and figure out, are there other ways that I can be heard and understood um, and acknowledged by my partner? And is this something deeper? Is this just in this relationship or is this something I've always felt, right? Yeah. Is this something you needed from caregivers growing up? I needed to feel heard. I needed to feel acknowledged. Does this come up in other relationships? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say is decouple the two and to be able to say, figure out where that deeper need yeah. is coming up. How do you get that need met? And then do you want to work on this fear in other ways? Yeah. And then there's other part is how do I also decouple? We have to look at also intense versus impact, Right. I think that your partner probably had really, really lovely intentions. It sounds like they wanted to spend special time with you. It sounds like they wanted you to grow. It sounds like they had lovely intentions here. It sounds like the impact was that you didn't feel heard and validated. Can we also separate the intense versus the impact? Can I see the beauty in what my partner was trying to do while also feeling some grief that I wasn't heard and seen in this? I understand this is debilitating. And I wonder what it would be like to look at the beauty of what someone's doing for you and to imagine, what if I tried? What if I did something with this? 
And that is really, really hard. But I think we're talking a lot about like detaching from all of these things together. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that resisting is the only way for you to be heard. That's what so, we got. That's it. So that is today's episode of Shrink Chicks. Jen, but first, before we end. Yes. Tell me about a time you were wrong. Specifically in your marriage, just for fun. And we also know Bill will never listen <sighs> oh, to this, okay. so he'll never Uh-oh. know. I, I know. <laughs> Bill always makes suggestions about the business that I don't listen to. And they're like sometimes really good ones. They're really good. And, then, <laughs> and and then I'll find out that they were right decisions or like they were much more helpful than the decisions I was, you know, we were making together. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely one. And I've gone back and told him you were right about this. You were right How much about does he love. love that? Loves. He <laughs> gets off to it (laughs) bill in general if we have to be talked down oh my gosh remember when i got covid the first time the only person that could talk me down was bill yes yes. like i was like losing my (laughs) effing mind bill's like you are really fucking freaking out like he had to really talk me down but he did it he did and he you know he knows how to do that sometimes you just want to freak out you want to make decisions that don't make any sense yeah and and so that's what i've said to him is that listen I could be wrong. I acknowledge that some of the things that we might, they could be wrong, but I have to do them in order to figure that out. Yeah. And that's how we, that is how we figure a lot out in the business is we make decisions and then we decide if they're mistakes or not. Yeah. The, the podcast is an example of something that he said. He was like, that's, what's that going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I have to say. He was wrong. He was wrong. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode of shrink chicks we are absolutely honored that you're here we always ask you to rate review subscribe follow us on apple Podcasts. you can watch us on youtube at shrink chicks you can follow us on instagram at shrink chicks or the therapy group if you are looking to be matched with a clinician we would love to be a part of that we're in lots and lots of states if we're not in your state we can hopefully point you in the right direction you can check us out at therapygroup.com. Um, we also have a bunch of interns in different states now with different stuff like that. So if you're looking for a low fee, we'd let, hopefully we can match you with that as well. Not always, but we have the queen, Nikki, who helps with all those wonderful things. The queen. The queen. And we want to remind you to grow yourself. You got to know yourself. We're looking forward to seeing you next week on Shrink Chicks. <laughs>